All right, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. I say this every week, but I tell you this is some of the most important stuff that I've ever preached and that you'll ever hear. I'm telling you. I hate for anybody to miss it. And if you do miss it, you need to you need to listen to it somehow. Y'all listen to stuff on your phones all the time. Yeah, all the time uh, finding everything else. Yeah. There's people that listen to us, and, and I've had, I don't know how many, they'll listen to the same message four or five times. They'll listen through it four or five times. And uh, I'm just telling you if, you, if you, if you miss it, you're just missing something that'll help you more than anything that you'll ever hear in your life. I'm telling you. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's, let's start reading in verse 17. We'll read through 27. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them that has to do with your mind. If you're ignorant, it's because your mind is uneducated, untrained, undisciplined. And vanity of your mind is all you'll walk in. When you're ignorant, you just walk in vanity. You need to learn something. You learn it with your mind. And your ears are the gate to your mind. And if you don't listen, you don't learn anything, ever. And so you just live in vanity, like the animals live in vanity. Through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard Him, and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Listen to that. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Now that is all centered around your mind. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The spirit of your mind. You gotta, it must be renewed. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. One more verse. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. All right. Now your mind is a fascinating thing. We're always thinking. You're thinking right now. Some of you may be catching a word or two I'm saying. Some of you are thinking about something else. You're present in, in body but absent in mind. Your mind wanders. Your mind wanders. It has to be disciplined. Your mind has reins on it. You can control it. 
If you will. If you will. But you must, you must do that. God don't do it for you. And He's not going to do it for you. Anymore than He's going to control what your hands do and your feet do. He's not going to force you to even think right. It's part of your responsibility, just like abstaining from all appearance of evil and quitting your fornicating and everything else. When you get saved and belong to God, you... But that's all anybody ever does. They never dig deeper for the cause of it. We're always thinking. I suppose some people think more than others. Wouldn't you say that's about right? We just we notice that some people just don't seem to think. Well, we say that, but they're thinking. I promise you they're thinking. They're, but their mind is just, just like a squirrel in a tree or out in the middle of the highway. That's how they're thinking. It's not focused. It's not... It's not directed. It's not under any kind of control. It's just... They're thinking, though. There's no such thing as a person who don't think. We're always considering and we're always pondering something in our minds. Something's going on in your head all the time. All the time. All the time. It's a part of us that exists because we're made in the image and likeness of God. Animals don't think like we do. Say, well, animals think. Not like we do. No, they don't. What what thinking animals do is strictly earthly because their spirit is of the earth. We read last week in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 21, Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? What does that mean? That means a man's got a spirit that can look up and think upward. A beast doesn't. An animal is totally earthly. And so that's the shame and the sin and the disgrace of a human being who looks down. Whose spirit looks down. I mean, what I mean by that, he's he's nothing but carnal. He just lives after the things of the flesh and the things of the world. And he never considers higher things. God didn't make us to be that way. That's a... That is what you call depravity. That's what you call a, an abnormal, unnatural thing. God didn't make us to be that way. Our spirit is to look up. Now, we spend a lot of time thinking about other people, don't we? Yes. We, think about, we spend a lot of time thinking about other people's motives and what they're up to. We think, uh, spend a lot of time, you know, pondering their secrets and their faults, and their sins. we got our eyes on other people, and so that's where our mind is most of the time, thinking about other people. Trying to figure them out. Trying to find out their secrets. Trying to figure out if they're for us or against us. We spend a lot of time thinking about ourselves, and pining over our, the neglect and the mistreatment we receive from others, which is mostly imagined. That's a fact. We spend a lot of time thinking about how great and good we are and how people just don't know it. And we spend most of our time, most of our thought, most of our mind's exercises are spent worrying about things that we can't do anything about. Now that's what most people spend their time thinking about, most of their time thinking about. Worry how this is going to work and how I'm going to do this and how I'm going to get this and how... 
We've, and Jesus said you can't add one cubit to your stature by taking thought. Why you want to do that? What a waste of a mind that can do so much bigger and better things and really accomplish something and really make a difference. We've established the fact, I think already in this series we've been talking about, that the mind is the spiritual background battleground where we come under attack by the evil spiritual powers. And it's also the mind where the Holy Spirit of God deals with us through His Word. It's your mind. It's your mind. That's the battleground. That's the arena. That's the theater where all of this spiritual warfare, where everything's determined, it's in your mind. That's spinning its wheels most of the time. And hung up in a mud hole somewhere, just spinning and spinning and spinning and doing no good, getting nowhere, except in a worse shape. You ever see anybody get hung up in the snow and this floorboard and they spin their tires? What? Do they get out that way? No. If you get hung up in the mud, if you've ever worked in the woods or on a farm and you have been involved in anything like that, you learn about how to when to stop you don't just keep on spinning spend a lot of hours doing that trying to get out I've laid on the ground and just cried because the whole day wasted work and wasted and didn't make nothing all I did was go out there and get hung up and unload it and Finally get out and go home. Wore out and broker than ever. So it's the mind where, that we must learn. It's in the mind where we must learn to discern whether the spirit that is speaking to us is of God or not. It's in your mind. It's not in your heart. You can't feel it. These things cannot be discerned by feelings. You'll get deceived every time. He that trusts in his own heart is a fool. You better think. And you better have it in your mind, facts and knowledge and truth. It's in the mind that we've got to resist the devil. And it's in our mind that we must submit to God. That's where it happens. It don't happen in your heart. Give your heart to Jesus. Well, there's more to it than that. You ain't going to give your heart to Jesus as long as your mind isn't made up. That's right. I have decided to follow Jesus and that happened one moment in my life. I made up my mind. What happens in the mind determines what happens with our life here and our eternity hereafter. What happens in your mind. What you think about. How you think. That's what determines where your life's going. Whether it's going to be a train wreck and a disaster and spread destruction to other lives, or if you're going to be a blessing. If you're going to end up in hell forever, or if you're going to end up in heaven forever. It, all that takes place in the mind. By nature, we all develop a carnal mind before we're born again. And this mind, this carnal mind, must be renewed in spirit like we read in the verse there. That's the vital principle of our mind must be changed. How we think. What we think. What we think about. How we reason. That's got to be changed. 
Because you are messed up with a carnal mind. That's right. Alright, now we got to gird up the loins of our mind. I read that verse to you there in Peter. Our mind is one of our members and it's to be under control. Not freewheeling. You don't just let your mind wander and run. And you don't just think about whatever's in front of your eyes. That's one of the evils of this entertainment, uh, internet, Facebook, social media generation. Nobody is thinking. They're just looking. They're thinking about what somebody else is telling them to think about. And it's been going on long before Facebook ever showed up. People sat in front of a TV for years and a lot of people grew up in front of a TV thinking about whatever they said to think about. about Salem's, Winston's, toothpaste, underwear, whatever. Laxatives. Those were the bad commercials when I was a kid. They wouldn't even show what they show now. No, mercy. We can do a great deal to control how we think and what we think about. Now, this is where we're getting into the heart of the whole message here. So, listen. You can do something about how you think. And you can do something about what you think about. You can. And you're the only one who can. It's when we stop guarding the gate and let it run loose that we find ourselves in trouble. Your mind must be guarded because the evil spirits of, and the evil spiritual powers are waiting to enter in. And you drop the gate, they're in. To guard our spirit is to guard our mind. Now, we've been talking about our spirit and the spirits and, and all of this for a few weeks now. But to guard our spirit, this is the heart of the matter. Your mind. You guard your mind and you guard your spirit. Your mind is where your spirit operates. It's, and this isn't psychiatry that I'm talking about. This is not mind games. This is not anything carnal or humanistic at all. The Bible is full of admonitions and instructions about our mind and what we think and how we think and what we ought to think about and what we ought not to think about. Lots of it. I was overwhelmed again when I started studying this, the mind, and how important it is in the Bible. So don't excuse this. Well, he just doesn't like all the rest of them preachers. He's just talking about uh, psychiatry and mind games. No, I'm not. We're not talking about nothing like that. Spiritual warfare and our spiritual welfare depend entirely on how well we manage our thoughts. Now, you... Just take that and remember it. Your spiritual warfare, whether you win or lose, whether you're defeated or you have victory, uh, your, your spiritual welfare, it all depends on how well you manage your thoughts. Now, do you manage your thoughts? You need to think about that. Everybody here needs to think about that to yourself. Don't worry about that or the other or somebody else. Think about you. Do you manage your thoughts? Do you control them at all? Do you think about things on purpose? Do you refuse to think about certain things on purpose? Well, you better. 
You sure better. God does not do this for us. It is our responsibility to guard our mind, to control our mind, to control our thoughts. All sin begins in the mind. Every sin, all sin begins in the mind. When you see somebody commit adultery, and you say, oh, why did they do that? It was going on a long time before they, when you actually saw it. It was going on in here. Long time before. All bad attitudes begin in the mind. All bad moods begin in your mind. All evil thinking begins in the mind. All stubborn opinions begin in the mind. All these things have to be corrected in your mind. Ain't a pill. Ain't somebody else. Ain't no drugs. Ain't no circumstance. Ain't, that ain't going to change in your circumstances. Changing this or changing that ain't going to fix it. You got to do it in here. You got to gird up the loins of your mind and control that thing. All these things. The way we reason is habitual. We form habits in the ways we think. And these habits can be bad or they can be good. You got habits in your mind just like you got habits about biting your fingernails or flipping your ear or twisting your hair or whatever you do. You got my habits in your thinking. You just default to that same old pattern every time, no matter what. Certain little triggers just trigger you and there you go. You've heard about people, I know which buttons to push. That's what I'm talking about. You shouldn't have buttons to push. Ain't nobody should have buttons to push. You got bad mental habits is what you got. You got no self-control is what you got. You have an undisciplined mind is what you got. And you just let the spirits, just, you just let them run over you wide open. You're like a city without walls. All broken down without walls. Now, there are outside factors that influence the thoughts of your mind. First, we think and reason the way we're trained by those who have the most influence on us. Parents, as a rule, spend very little time and give very little thought to training their children how to think and reason. Better swallow that. That is simply expose them to everything in the world and then marvel at their personality as it develops. Oh, they're sassy. They're smart. They're, they're mean. Yeah, well, I was just born that way. That's what everybody thinks. You just think, that's the way they are. No. You got a blank sheet of paper and you're writing on it with a permanent marker with everything you say, do, every act, every time you yell, every time you fuss, every time you lose your temper and, and, and talk evil of other people and blame other people and writing it right on there. That's how they learn to think. They teach them with their bad example, with their bad moods. Now, you get in a bad mood freely, easily, at the drop of a hat. Anybody push your button, you're in a bad mood. But then your kid come in in a bad mood and you bust their tail. 
You don't do that. Straighten up. You know. Ain't that right? Yes, sir. You teach him how to think by example. By being angry and shouting and fighting with the spouse and bad-mouthing other people and the kids all this, they're learning to think and they're watching this. And that's so they start thinking. You've taught them how to think like that. We show them pride instead of humility and hatred instead of love for others. They blame and accuse and speak evil and have a negative, uh, ne negative, negative, depressing view of the world around them. And the kids hear this and see this. And, and they, they learn automatically. That's the way I'm supposed to think. They think like you think. They become, they are formed in your image. Their mind is. Now we all just got to take it. That's all. I got to take it. Well, as you got to take it. It's the truth. I wish under heaven that somebody would have preached this to me 35, 40 years ago. And I would have listened and understood so that I, when I had little kids so that I could have shook myself and realized what was happening right now with these little eyes and little ears that are hearing me say these things and do these things. They teach the children how to respond to frustration and problems by the way they respond in front of them to such things. And then we're amazed when they're ten times worse than we are. And you know when you'll see it? When they grow up. Then you'll see it. And then you'll say, you, you, you know, you won't say, I don't know where that came from. You'll look in the mirror and know where it came from. You'll remember the instances when you said this, when you did this, when you had this attitude and they were listening and you just didn't even realize it, didn't pay no attention, didn't even think about it. You're just being yourself and freewheeling with your mind and your feelings and, and they drank it down. They learned how to think from you. How to reason. <laughs> a lot of parents think their kids ain't listening. They don't ever listen to a thing. Can't teach them nothing. Oh, yes, they are. Much more than you think they are. A lot of the, and it's just like everything else in this world. We, we try to teach them good things, and it's a struggle to teach them good things. They can watch some old stupid movie or hear some stupid song and they know every word by heart. Well, that ain't no effort. And then you try to teach them Scripture, Elizabeth, and it's a struggle. <laughs> That's the way it is. You know why? Because there's an enemy who's evil. A spiritual enemy who's evil. And he's working in that mind too. Mercy, why can't we wake up and realize that these little children are vulnerable to these spirits working on their mind? That's why they're scared at night of the dark. That's why they have nightmares. And that's why you have troubles with them in other ways. Because they're being assailed by things they don't even know what to do about. And it's up to you to protect them from a lot of that. 
Keep that mind that's pure and clean. Keep it pure and clean. Then when the children start manifesting bad behavior, they're spanked and punished and yelled at for doing exactly what they've been taught to do. They just watched and learned. That's how mom and dad does it. That's how everybody seems to do it. <clears throat> and then when I do it, I get, I get beat on. Then you wonder why they get up older and then they start rebelling and saying, I ain't having none of this. I'm going to go my own way. Of course, you don't think your kid's ever going to do that when they're four or five years old and, you know, they're never going to do that. Not your kids. They love you too much. Well, you need to visualize that little sweet child staring you eyeball to eyeball and hating you. Everything we do, whether it's good or bad, is a result of what we've been thinking about first in our mind. Everything we do, good or bad, we thought about it first. And we thought about it more than once too. So we deal with our moral issues just like doctors deal with health problems. We treat the symptoms and not the source of the problem. Men very seldom lay the axe to the root of the tree. <clears throat> they just deal with the bad behavior. You know, like doctors do. You got a cold, what are they going to do? They can't cure it. You get cancer, they can't cure it. You get all these diseases, they can't cure. They just give you stuff for the runny nose and the cough and, and the pain. <clears throat> you still got the cold. Still got the flu. Still got whatever. They can cure it, but they can try to, try to stop the symptoms. And that's what we do with this matter. We do nothing to change or control what's going on in the mind. We just simply punish bad behavior and wonder why they won't stop. There's a thinking problem. There's a problem in the mind. It's either ignorance or it's false information or it's, it's just plain old spiritual intervention. <clears throat> you know, these old, we read in the Bible <clears throat> and we read about all these people like the maniac. We started with this in Mark chapter... Uh, Seven, Mark chapter nine, with the with the boy that was possessed. They seemed to understand back then more than people do now. Sitting in a New Testament church under the New Covenant with all that we've got and the Holy Ghost and the Scripture and everything, we don't seem to understand as well as they did that it's a spiritual problem. <clears throat> so we just punish the bad behavior and hope it'll go away. We never deal with the mind what goes on in the mind is a spiritual it's in the spiritual realm what goes on in your mind is in the spiritual realm get that and so we got to deal with it in the spiritual realm <clears throat> you know our spirit will reveal what kinds of thoughts we've been thinking say boy what a bad spirit that person's got boy you got a bad spirit Oh, they got such a sweet spirit. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? You don't need that translating. Everybody knows. <clears throat> Our mood depends completely upon what we've been thinking about. That's why moods are such an ungodly, unexcusable thing. 
You have no excuse to be in a bad mood. I just got up in a bad mood today. Who do you think you're kidding? You need to just get your mind straightened out and quit thinking on the trash you're thinking on. You're in a bad mood because you've been thinking trash. You've just let your mind be invaded by thugs, spiritual thugs. And you ain't doing nothing about it. And you want pity. Our attitude depends on what's been going on in our mind. Our attitude toward other people. That's kind of the, it goes along with the mood. You got a bad mood, you're going to have a bad attitude. Our spirit will reveal to everyone around us whether we're being defeated in our mind by evil or whether we're resisting and winning the victory in our spiritual warfare. Our spirit reveals that to the people. So what are you talking about? Well, I'm just fixing to tell you here. You can depend upon it as a fact that if a person, a child or adult is downcast, depressed, melancholy, angry for no apparent or reasonable reason or frustrated for no apparent or good reason, critical of others, speaking evil of others, apathetic about the things of God, despairing and without hope, or just plain contrary and mean. He's being defeated in his mind by evil spiritual powers. You can count on that as a fact. Lost you, didn't I? Can we go back and read it again? If you see a person that's got any of that going on, they're being defeated in their mind. This is so important. Your children, your wife, your husband, your brothers and sisters, the people you work with, you need to get this. If you see them, you can depend on it as a fact that they are being defeated. They're not winning. They're being defeated in their mind by evil spirits. Depressed and downcast and melancholy and angry and frustrated and, and speaking evil of others and being critical of others and apathetic about things of God and speaking evil of others and despairing and without hope or just plain old contrary, ornery, being obtuse, people call it. It's, it's in here. See, why are you doing this? I'm telling you why they're doing that. Why are you acting like this? I'm telling you right now, the absolute truth. This is what you need to understand when you see that child, that husband, that wife, somebody else. Well, this is going on. You just need to realize this is what's going on. What are you going to do about it? Smack them? That's going to do a lot of good. Because that ain't the problem. We can help ourselves and others in this matter by controlling the atmosphere and surroundings and keeping out anything that facilitates, makes it easier for the spirits of evil to freely operate. <clears throat> Boy, I wish you all listen. This, this is the core of it. This is the ma you can help this problem with your children, yes. with your wife, with your husband, with, at church, wherever. You can help this problem. By just controlling the environment a little bit. What children watch on TV, the toys they play with, the people they're around, the music they listen to, and a lot of other things, will be the greatest factor in the way their mind works and thinks. 
Now, you ain't going to tell me. I've done lived too long. I'm watching this whole thing play out and have for years. And I see kids now being dumber than any generation that's been here. Because they don't learn. They learn from a cartoon, a TV, a Disney movie. That's all they learn. That's how they learn to think. <laughs> when they're very first forming their 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 power of reason begins to form, that's who's teaching them. And that's where they're learning. And they end up dumber than a rock about everything. They can't even think. Did you see that picture this morning of the old man and woman pushing the young hippie boy with his tattoos and his beard and everything and, and he's, they're pushing him along said that's the story of this generation <clears throat> won't work don't know nothing don't know how to do nothing don't care don't want to know don't think <clears throat> foolish are the people who mock and make light of warnings <laughs> against the evil of these things and go ahead and expose these young pure minds to evil spiritual powers to teach them how to think and reason. <clears throat> Some of you may do it too. But in most churches everywhere, I mean almost without exception, if you talk anything about this Disney stuff or this, or, <clears throat> you know, all the things that are going on with the children, everything they get... That what they'll get for Christmas this year. These demonic toys and these demonic cartoons and these demonic TV shows and everything else that they watch all the time. You say, ain't no harm in that. You are a fool. You're an ignorant fool. If you don't think there's harm in this, it's the mind that's influenced by it. <clears throat> a little child, you don't know what they see. And you don't know how those powers are able to work on them and impress their mind forever. I was going to bring it. I wrote it down and copied it and everything, but I saw a news article yesterday where incense is on the boom. I mean, it is a booming business now. This woman in Virginia and out in California, they was talking about them, how their incense business has increased 1,300% since March when this pandemic started. And... And it's all about, and, and see, you say, I like incense. I don't see nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I know. Nobody sees nothing wrong with anything. They'll just part, they'll do everything that all the pagan religions do, the Eastern religions, the, all the Christians now are doing all of this meditation and everything. And, 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 and you better quit it. You better abstain from all appearance of evil. The, the incense is all about spirits yes. and inviting them in and cleansing the energy from the, your house, the bad energy and all this. That's what it's about. Then you get it burnt in your house because you like what it smells. Ain't no harm in it. And yeah, ain't no harm in it. Just conditioning your mind, the minds of your children, anybody you got any influence on, you're breaking down walls and you're opening doors and, and you don't understand spiritual things. If you mock at it and you think that it's just some nut talking that don't know what he's talking about or somebody trying to be so religious 
That ain't what I'm trying to be. I'm trying to warn you about the reality of this spiritual battle that we're all in. And what is really going on. Our mind is stimulated and it's trained to think by all the things we're exposed to. Like music and noise and imagery. Man, there's just so much to say about all of that. You think it don't matter what you look at. You think it don't matter what you listen to. Music changes your mood. You listen to depressing music and you'll be down. It'll change your mood. It'll change because it messes with your mind. You listen to angry music and you it'll change your mind. You have that spirit. It'll bring that spirit into your mind. And it'll show forth in your moods and your attitudes. And your contempt and your what you love and what you hate. Entertainment and reading and pastimes, these all affect our mind. Your mind responds to that. The examples that other people set in front of you, your mind responds to that very much. When we, read, when we had our kids little, I remember how easy it was for them to pick up on things that other kids did. If they were around some kid that stuttered, they'd just come home stuttering. If they were around some kid that had some other little habit, they'd come back doing that. They just pick it up so easy. Examples of other people. It is just so important. So important. Who you let your kids be influenced by. Whether it's in person whether it's on a TV or in a book or in a music story, whatever. Everything they see, everything they hear is programming their mind. And they're going to think differently by being exposed to everything you let them be exposed to. To train a mind. That's what child rearing is about. Training their mind. You're not training a dog. I mean, a dog, you give them a cookie if they do good, or a biscuit. And you withhold it from them. Or you hit them with a newspaper if they do something bad. That's a dog. You know, I've said before, people can train a dog, but they can't train a two-year-old. Well, that's because a two-year-old thinks. And they don't take that into account. It's amazing to watch these little children as they start to think, isn't it? It's kind of startling to you, isn't it? Because you thought you had a pet. (laughs) He's a baby. He don't talk. He's just there. He just smiles. You just do everything to get him to smile at you. And it's so, so happy, happy, happy. And then, then they learn to talk and they tell you what they're thinking. (laughs) And you're startled because they're thinking. You mean this is a real human here? Yeah. And by the time they can start telling you what they're thinking, they've already got a whole truckload of stuff in that little mind. That if you knew, and if you understood everything, you'd wish to goodness that you had never let it get in there. People have this foolish attitude of, well, they're going to have to grow up in this world and they're going to have to... So you expose your little children to the evil powers of darkness. 
so they can survive this world. No, you're throwing them to the lions. That's what you're doing. You're to protect them. And you're to keep their mind pure and clean as long as you can. That's the only chance they've got to make it in this world. Lord, have mercy on us, these little children here, and the world that they're growing up in. I was thinking about it today. And maybe that's what the Lord was talking about when He said that they'll come when they'll say, Blessed is the barren womb. Because the world's going to be such a dark, evil place. And the powers of darkness are going to be so supreme that they won't have a chance. Our minds stimulated and trained to think by all the things we're exposed to. A smile changes the way people think. Something as simple, as easy as a smile. It changes the whole atmosphere. A sincere smile. And it changes the way people think. And that includes children. You ever walk through Walmart, you see a little child, you smile at them, what are they going to do? They smile right back at you. Almost always they will. If You don't even have to smile at them. If you look at them, most of the time they'll smile at you. A calm, smiling mother will have calm, smiling children. And a smiling husband and a happy home. It's as easy as that. <laughs> I read one time, this may not even fit here, but it said, beauty is power and a smile is her sword. It just changes everything. It just calms. It diffuses problems. Be a smiling mother. Smile at your children. Smile at other people. You, you, you contribute to the well-being of their mind and their spirit. All right, we have to control what we think about on purpose. And it'll become the habit of our mind eventually. If we get control on purpose, it'll eventually become our habit. Sure is. Used to smoke. Hard to quit. Finally quit. Ain't no habit no more. Same with biting your fingernails. Same with everything else. These habits that everybody gets. These mindless habits that you get. If you just start controlling your mind. If you'll cast down every imagination and every evil thought. If you'll work diligently at it. It'll become the habit of your mind. And it won't be a struggle so much anymore. And you won't be assailed so much anymore. I mean, Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights and He was tempted of the devil. And the devil came and gave it all He had. But the last time it said, and then the devil left Him. Gone. You know, you defeat these problems and they go away. You know how much I want to smoke cigarettes now? Zero. Zero. 
Never. I mean, it's been a long time. That's a long time ago. Forty years ago. But I do not want them ever. It is no struggle. The struggle stopped many, many years ago. You struggling in your mind? You have trouble controlling that thing? Fight. Put up a fight. And you can win. Guaranteed. You can win. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Just resist. Just say no to evil thoughts. Shut it up. Shut the gates up tight. Turn that thing off. Quit looking at that. 